So the unthinkable happened. More than half of the world is living in lockdown under the threat of a global pandemic. With so many viruses and diseases present in our lives for millennium, how this specific one has reached out this point of confinement, bringing down, hopefully temporarily, economies, social contact and other perks of mankind. Will health systems be able to face this challenge? Is there more than healthcare involved in this COVID-19 crisis with all the data, tech, infrastructure, utilities and governmental issues? This is why smart health is more than a buzzword. It's one of the pillars on smart cities and we will hear from one of our experts how useful can be to uh, be aware and updated with these topics. Stay with us to hear one of our Zoom Global Smart Cities Association co-founders, Margarida Bajanka. She's one of the top experts in matters of smart health and education. I'm Vitor Pereira, your host, and this is the sixth episode of Z Smart Cities podcast. We will be right back. Okay, uh, we introduce you now with uh, Margarida Bajanka. She's a senior expert uh, with the education and the health uh, areas. Margarida, welcome, and uh, it's a great pleasure to talk with you. Please give us some hope about this virus thing that's happening all over the world. What is your vision as an expert uh, related with the health? Uh, safety, health communication, health data, all this. Hi, Vitor. Well, uh, I'm not an expert about the virus itself, so uh, I'll give you my, my views, not on the virus, but uh, how, what, what is happening in some areas and uh, what could be done in Portugal to maybe to have a better capacity in healthcare. Um, I actually, as a, I have just came out of, of a lot of uh, conferences in Israel, uh, video conferences with, uh, with uh, digital health solutions. That's what I've been doing and seeing all this past week. And there are quite uh, interesting things on the, on the table for, you know, for disease management, for telemedicine, for taking care of these people that are less sick or more sick with digital health instead of, uh, of uh, having everyone with human interface. And I give you an example. You, you can use digital health, for instance, to monitor um, people that are not so ill, not severe ill, and are staying at home or could be staying in, a, in another setting and make sure you monitor, monitor them and know how they are how their evolution is going. Uh, and you can also uh, use it for hospitals and for critical patients with sensors. And so you can monitor the information and start looking at, uh, at uh, what they have without needing so much human-to-human -human contact. So this, this whole thing is in place. Also, there are lots of uh, experts building on models to predict the disease and to predict what's, uh, what's going on. We have that in Portugal as well. So everyone is trying... To get the numbers right and to try to give some clues to the to the health uh, to the health minister on how the cases are going to evolve, so you can make sure you have enough beds for severe cases, enough ventilators, and you can also understand that the, if the quarantine me measures are doing uh, what it's expected to do. Exactly, um, it's a pandemia. Uh 
problem. We have like two ways splitting uh, and the two totally different management. Uh, one is the health uh, related with, with the doctors, with the medicine, with the, with the treatments uh, by itself. And the second one is more related with our, um, with his, our main concern, which is how society reacts, what is the, the convenience of the strategies for people who has to run and manage all the public service, all the data, all the uh, communication, how this can be managed. I think this is, do you think this is uh, the greatest challenge for the next years? Actually, we are talking about telemedicine for 15 years. In Portugal, I remember when I was a journalist to open the first telemedicine uh, thing with the, with the city in the in the mainland, in the in the in the, in the remote area, and with a central hospital in the Porto. So it, this was 15 years ago. We still keep talking about telemedicine, but I think right now we have a, a like a fourth or third or fourth generation of. Uh, of new uh, achievements in the technology that can really help cities and managers to uh, create better uh, social um, outcome for the future. What do you think? Yes, you, you, the, the question about telemedicine, for me, it's a very wide thing where everything gets in. So you had the old way of doing telemedicine and now you have we the new way of doing... It's like we are yes, we, we have the new way of doing telemedicine in healthcare where you can use all the data that you produce to, to advise what you should be doing. So it's, uh, I'm not just talking about a doctor-patient uh, uh, consultation. So uh, when, I, when I talked about telemedicine, it was much more wider. And there are, I think after, after COVID, actually, I think the uh, COVID it brings a, an interesting opportunity. I think there is an interesting thing is that after this COVID pandemic goes away, you probably have created the space for greater user, use of technology in healthcare. Uh, and all of all these disease management solutions, you know, the wide spectrum of telemedicine, the data, everything. So I really think you, you, can, you can use it much better and you can use it in, in cities as well uh, because more and more cities are getting um, some responsibilities in healthcare and I, they are worried with their populations. And so all these solutions that help you monitor your chronic diseases or your health without, uh, with an app or with some type of solutions will become more interesting. Another area that is quite interesting and challenging for, for cities is the elderly people. And uh, there is some solutions also that are already monitoring elderly people, their diseases, if they feel if they're feeling well, and all this area is a, is a total new area that can be explored. We were watching a, a very edge uh, technology uh, to action actually in China with uh, CCTV cameras with temperature measure, uh, face recognition. They can even recognize your face under a mask. So this is something happening already in the real world. I have a question before you go running because you are taking care of your healthcare also. So uh, I know you have a, a strict schedule, but uh, I would like to know your insights about what's happening in Africa. You've been working a long time with Africa. Now it's like a, a gray area right now. We don't have any uh, numbers from related with COVID. What will happen there? What are, what are the chances that uh, things go bad in Africa? The Do only thing I know is that if it gets uh, if it gets a lot of people there 
it's certainly be much in a way it's going to be much worse than it is here because their health systems are very uh, weak so they certainly would be able to take care of the the real sick uh, i think there is from what i've read i'm not a specialist uh, i think there is a good thing um, an upside on it which is the population in africa is very very young and as we know this that's what I, we we've seen both from italy from from china um, i saw data from spain also is that this disease is taking the elderly and the seeker so that might be something that makes it less bad for africa but it's going to be i think it's always going to be bad because economically it's already going to be a problem because you know with all the world almost shut down uh, i'm certain that africa will suffer economically a lot and they are much weaker economies much weaker health systems so unfortunately uh, I, i don't think it's going to be uh, good and uh, unless the virus doesn't propagate as as fast with a uh, with the um, with the the warm weather but no one knows that so and soon they'll start having uh, also in some areas uh, not so good weather so i don't know it's it's a, it's a <laughs> it's i don't think anyone knows but it's a worry i think yeah. and it's going to be devastating for poor countries if they they get the disease like we're getting margarita uh, can you uh, tell us your background for our audience uh, you were working for a long time with deloitte uh, and now you are in uh, freelance mode what is your activities right now and oh actually yes i was with deloitte for 20 plus years i'm an economist as a as a background uh, and now i have my own consulting company which is called new angle so i'm doing consulting mostly in healthcare but also in public sector and uh, and uh, other like financial institutions so I, not me but my, my company so that's that's what i've been doing thank you so much and uh, you're welcome <laughs> hope you uh, um, keep safe in portugal and everything goes well for you and your family thank you Conversation with Margarida Bajanka. She's one of our top experts for smart health and governmental strategies. Right now, it's time to wait and prevent the spread of the strain. Keep following us in our podcast platforms and very soon we will be bringing more special episodes about this particular subject. I'm Vitor Pereira. Thank you for listening. Share your thoughts in our WhatsApp and social media channels. Stay healthy, stay strong and smart. Bye-bye.